The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to It Came From The Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres speaking. I am here virtually distance, of course, all by my lonesome, because on this week's show, we have a jam-packed episode full of segments and interviews. We have another Jay Bird and Lee segment. Mark, which is me, interviews comic book creator Jay Rosario uh, from the Chambers of Hell, uh, L-Man, Jenny Feldy, and senior correspondent Charlie Saladino, interview uh, the head, which is Robert Frankenberger, and some of the actors of the Chambers of Hell. In addition to that, uh, from the Tropicon, uh, L-Man and Jenny Feldy interviews the Long Island Ghostbusters and author Paul A. DeStefano. So before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of Sci-Fi.Radio. That's Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 26 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for December the 17th, and that is the Big Apple Christmas Con. And I want to give out shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unjikon, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yasmin Array, and Rosen. You want to get your own little shout-out? Go to our website, www.itcamefromreal.com, and there's a little button there that takes you right to our Patreon page. And just for $8 a month, you can get your own shout-out. We would greatly appreciate it. So as I mentioned, show's full of stuff. No news for today, so we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with It Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about Riverdale, the new season. Yeah! <laughs> so, what did you think of it? Who was your favorite character? It's always been Archie. Mm. Well, what did you think of the new season? It's good. It's better than a couple of the seasons. Describe how some of it went. Well, so, it was basically like, uh, there was this weird person called Percival Pickens. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to take over Riverdale. And so he tried being the mayor and talking people into doing stuff that they they don't want to do and stuff. 
it was weird. He had like a pa- he had a power to make people do things. Yeah, he was um technically like a person who could live forever. He was immortal because he made a deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. And he tried to use the immortality trick so he wouldn't get dragged down to hell. And he accidentally hopped dimensions <clears throat> from River Vale to Riverdale. River Vale is an alternate Riverdale, basically, mm-hmm. where crazier things originally went on. But then the dimensions got stuck together and they had to split it in half. So they would, you know, mm-hmm. be able to live on. And Pickens wound up going to Riverdale instead of Rivervale, where he should have been. Yeah. And just strange things started happening. He basically tried to take over the town, and Archie and his friends got powers. What powers did they have, Riley? So, Archie, he became, like, invincible. Like, so, he he can't be hurt. If he like, if you stab a knife in him, it won't like there'll be no blood, there'll be no mark. Almost like Superman. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And then you got Betty. What? Uh, her power was that she could see if someone was gonna like have a threat, like be threats and stuff. She was able to see if someone wanted to do something bad. Yeah, and they'll glow up, and. Uh, Jughead, his powers was a mind reader, so he could read minds of everyone, and also he could hear the things that people are going to say before they say them. So basically, he was able to read their mind. Yeah. And um, then there's this other character, Tabitha, and she was able to time hop, which is pretty cool. Veronica became deadly, basically. Yeah, so she... So, Black Widows, the spider, are very, very poisonous. So, her body was containing a lot of venom, or, well, not really, poison, from a Black Widow spider. And so, she was lucky to stay alive. But now she can control it. So, if she touches someone, kisses someone, or just, like, interacts with that person, they will die if she doesn't control them right. Mm-hmm, and it was controlled by her emotions, basically. Yes. And then there's Cheryl, who basically had the power of the phoenix. Yeah, she could, like, light things on fire. Mm-hmm, which was pretty cool. Um, It was definitely an interesting season. I think it was one of the better ones, actually. Yeah, it was better than a couple of them. There are definitely some questionable Riverdale seasons, in our opinion, but I feel as though this one was... A pleasant one to watch and really go over. Um, so, yeah, what was your favorite part? Probably probably when it came back, like, when they came back in 1955, because that's when all the Archie comics actually came out. Oh, man, spoiler alert. Well, then again, this whole episode is a spoiler. But, yeah, so at the end, um, they wound up going back to 1955 because they had to stop, like, a comet from hitting Riverdale. Yeah. So in order for them all to retain uh, alive, they had to use their powers and stop the comet. But 
now only Jughead remembers what actually happened. Yes, everyone else for- forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And then Jughead was just the only one out of everyone in Riverdale who who knew what happened and stuff. Probably because he's the narrator. Yeah, that's true. He always was. But anyways, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Bye. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. This is L-Man, as you know, and we're here with Charles Saladino. That's me, Charles Saladino. And Frankenstein Frankenberg. What's your name? That's right, Robert Frankenberg. You got it, lovey. So he's the creator of The Chambers of Hell, and you create this all by yourself? No, I have a wonderful business partner, Mr. Matthew Giuliano, uh, and actually a gigantic team. Uh, But I do get the pleasure of being the... Visionary, if you will, that does come up with all the crazy crap. Now, Charlie and I, we know what Chambers of Hell is, but for people listening, what is Chambers of Hell? Let's have you describe it. It is awesome. It's worth coming to. It's a haunted attraction, but what is what is it? It is New York's number one haunted attraction, uh, but we're more than that. Uh, we're actually a horror, uh, I would say, event. Uh, premiere event because we've got everything going on uh, as everybody always knows we do horror dinner theater we do haunted houses we do adult trick-or-treating we do full contact shows where we're allowed to touch you throw you in a fridge and throw you down a flight of stairs uh, it's a great time so yeah we're a little bit of everything and horror boudoir shoots yes I, we, do. we do we do well uh, listen for the right price we do a little bit of everything you know right everyone has a price i always say that <laughs> yes listen from yeah. the point of the point of division yeah. to where we are now, Yeah. how long does that usually take? Ah, good question. Um, so it takes us about six months. Um, it's about six months um, from beginning of construction. Before that, believe it or not, we actually know already this year, at this point right now, what we're doing next year. Uh, we're not talking about that yet, but that's, but that's uh, but actually, yeah, we actually know um, once we hit October uh, what our haunted houses will be for next year, um, and then uh, we all put it into action now about March, um, going into we do March, April, May, June, July, August, and then we got to be done in September for uh, fire marshal inspections, all that, and we open up uh, last spring in September. So it's a pretty crazy process. And a little little leak. So this year we have like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Like scary. Really cool. Yeah. You'll see the photos on yeah. the website and my yeah. sites. Yeah. And also a deranged producer. Yeah. So we've got uh, Cinema of Terror. Uh, the Cinema of Terror, I really love. It's really cool. Um, so the Cinema of Terror um, is a movie theater where basically an employee brought the Necronomicon to. And it's really cool because we didn't just want to do it where you stepped into the world of the movies. We wanted to do it where the movies came into our world. Um, which I think would be really cool to walk into a bathroom and all of a sudden, you know, uh, Leatherface, you know, rips out of a stall and, and comes hauling ass at you. That'll uh, make you go to the bathroom. That'll, that'll get you. Yeah. Uh, you scream, know. the movie Scream. It's yes! Scream 1, I think, or Scream yes, 2. absolutely. The guy goes to the bathroom and, you know, uh-oh. Get you a little extra surprise in the bathroom, you know. A little startle. Right. Whose brainchild was 
my favorite person, personal favorite, what? Silence of the Land Child. Oh, that's mine. So I've been waiting to do Silence of the Land Child. We actually were going to do it um, five years ago. I had a really good friend that I came up with this with, and uh, she actually had to move to North Carolina, um, and uh, she had a, a few unfortunate events that caused her to move. So we put it on hold. We never got to do it again. And of course, you know, with Matt, um, Matt was so gracious to be like, we really should revisit this because I think it's something that'd be really good. And uh, I gotta say, the best part about it has been the questions that have come in from social media. People who go online, you choose your dinner package, and, and we've been getting emails of what is neck chunks. <laughs> it, it's been awesome to see what the reaction. Neck chunks. So neck chunks um, is actually um, garlic and oil spaghetti. We describe neck chunks as being neck shavings uh, thrown in, and all that. That's the garlic. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it's it's know. awesome. It's a lot of fun. I'm excited. A lot going on here. Very creative. A lot going on. One of the most creative things I've seen all month, all year. Oh, I'm good. That all makes me ever, happy. I would say. That makes me happy. Yeah, it's really cool. I, re- I respect the creativity. Yeah. And you've been here before, so I love, yeah. I love when people like yourself come and are still excited about it because that means we're doing our job right. I didn't know what you I was know? getting into last year and I was like, all right, Jason, try to go. Like, yeah. you should go. It's cool. Yeah. I don't really recommend people to go anywhere because it's like if they don't like it, yeah, it's, it's on all on you. my You're shoulders. On the hook. So I'll pretty much never tell anyone to go anywhere. And people are like, why are you telling yeah. me? I'm like, I didn't know it was good, but I knew it was good last year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely worth going to if you like quantum anything and creative anything. I'm afraid a of a lot of stuff. Are you? So, oh my god! Yeah, you did really well movie. in there. Well, there's no one jumping out at all me. All right, all right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. I, I, yeah, I like that. I'll give you that. Is all there right. any type of like request where you could just like tell the scare actors like go to lunch? Oh and hell then I can no! Come in? Listen, listen. <laughs> we have one rule: you bring your kids, traumatize them. That's the rule here. Oh my god! That, that, that's it. We got years of therapy. That's what well, you I get. Will, I will say one thing. I know this doesn't have to do with yours, but no, um, go for well, it. you know, bashing the other party is never really the way to go. I know that's really politics, but I'm going to go with that angle. Go for there's it. There's another one house on Long Island. I'm not going to say which one, okay. but I did talk to the police for over an hour. I got, I got stuck in Bayville. <clears throat> and, um, oh. well, they just told me that there's another haunted house where there are scare actors that go out, and they actually do jump out and grope people, and it's not oh, this haunted house, I'll tell man. you that. So, there's a little gossip and a little uh, safety tip on Long Island. Yeah, Watch out for other that's a areas. little uh, hairy situation. Ooh, yeah. yeah he said, no, don't no. go there. It's not this one. Yeah, no, no. That's uh, woo. a little shade. Ooh, a little shade. I've always said. A little shade. Because I've known this gentleman for a long time. And I always said he's the most creative, inventive person that I know. How do you surround yourself with nut jobs that are the same as you, you know, or whether they just gravitate to you. No, you know what you know what it is. It's it's um, very simple. Treat your people right. It's very simple. Everybody that works here, um, you know, when you look around this room, these people are here because they love it. These people are here because they love it. We pay them for what they do, and they're um, very good at what. They and do. they're very good at what you surround yourself. But we all love life. We're all weird. We all embrace ourselves. We've created a safe space for the gods, you know, and for the weirdos on Long Island. Because Lord knows, this world is as already as it is. So when you come here, and all these guys are here, and we're all working on costumes and props and all that stuff, the rest of the world doesn't exist for the time that you have car insurance, divorce, bills, all that crap. Leave it outside the walls. Here we deal with blood, gore, and evil clowns and crap like that. That's what we deal with. So yeah, man, that's that's uh. Yeah. That's how you do it. So now, yeah. tell everybody 
how they get here, ah. when is this going to happen, ah. and all this good stuff because they need to come down to this place. They need to come down. Um, no, very easy. Everything is Chambers of Hell. So if you guys go on Facebook, you go on Instagram, you go on TikTok, uh, we're working on that one now. Um, it's Chambers of Hell. Uh, our website is chambersofhell.com. Um, if you go on there, you can find tickets, uh, info, dates, and all the events, Silence of Lamb Chops, everything we've talked right. about tonight. Um, and also... Keep an eye out because we are open all year round now. Um, so we have a lot of stuff. We have a hunter house coming in December. Um, a lot more events coming then, as well as February, March, April, May. We are going to be very Christmas busy. event. We got Christmas Krampus event. event. We got a Krampus event coming. Um, yeah, we got a Krampus haunted house actually, and a Krampus. We'll say coffee event. Okay, it's gonna very, be very interesting. interesting. It's gonna be and very it's very easy to get here, and yes. it's very easy parking. Yes, which is not true for a lot of other places in New York. No, we're right off the Long Island Expressway. So it's pretty Island. low stress. It is. We're low stress to get here. Get off at exit fifty-five on the expressway, heading west, with a big building on the right, with a bunch of people screaming outside. It's that easy. So, Chambers of Hell. Any final it's thoughts for on anything about life? Oh, <laughs> keep it creepy. Be weird, and uh, don't talk to the squirrels. And if you want to forget about your car insurance, then come to Chambers Val. <laughs> That's it, yes. If you yourself and you're scared of haunted houses and don't like them, come here. You're my customer. We love you. We love you. <laughs> and Charlie? Yeah, we just came through this, and, and it's amazing. And uh, I loved it. So awesome, I'll be man. coming back again. All right, Charlie, you come back whenever you want. Great place for photo shoots for you uh, narcissists yes. and models and actors and photographers and Absolutely. creatives out there. Great photo shoots. And uh, now yeah. back to more came from the radio. See you later, Mark. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. You know you're listening to L-Man, you're listening to It Came From The Radio. I'm here with Charlie from Long Island Ghostbusters. Didn't even know this is a thing. Uh, I thought maybe there was some type of possession going on because uh, someone told me. And I felt really weird for like a month. So first of all... That may have been COVID. uh, Actually, it probably was partially COVID, but there might have actually been uh, some type of like possession thing going on. So, uh, yeah, what is Long Island Ghostbusters? So the Long Island Ghostbusters are a charity group that turned the thing we loved as children into a way to do good things for children now. So pretty much I decided that when I was a little kid, I loved Ghostbusters so much that when I was an adult, how great would it be to drive in an Ecto-1? How great would it be to have a proton pack? And I kind of just made that a reality. But to justify it, we visit children's hospitals, we raise money for Toys for Tots, we work with special needs camps and facilities to help raise either awareness or funds for all of those great activities and all those great organizations. So you said you work with you know a lot of kids. Now, do you go into these groups of children and say, ah, you're then you take them out and then you away from their family? Is that what No, you we do? never go that extreme. I mean, every now and then oh. we have been known to disturb some children. Oh. Uh, but no, what we tend to do <laughs> is we start off with the easiest joke possible. And I'll throw it your way, but mm-hmm. have you seen a ghost today? 
You're no. welcome. No. <laughs> You're welcome. That's how good we are. What a lot of times we do with these kid groups is we'll send them copies of the films, right. or more often we'll send them copies of episodes of the cartoon. Oh. So they can kind of familiarize themselves with the world. And then we show up as the Long Island Ghostbusters, the new franchise. Right. Just saying hi and making sure everything's nice and safe for all the little ones. And uh, what we do, as I just throw stuff at you, that's a ghost. Uh, What we try to do is with events like this, we'll sell items. We have patches that we custom made. We flip toys. And we use all those funds for these great organizations. So buy a toy from the Long Island Ghostbusters, it'll turn into two or three or four toys for kids who are in need. Really super cool. So you also, we have, I made him bring this. (laughs) We have slime samples. So this was, this was my big pandemic project. Uh, I'm a kid of the 80s. They used to sell slime in a million different ways. Uh, If you want to poke it, you can go ahead. I made or remade how slime used to be in the 80s. Nice and toxic. Go ahead. Give it a poke. It won't bite your heart. Ah! (laughs) It's kind of wet and dry at the same time. Oh, yeah. Um, Just like when I was a kid and used to buy it at Toys R Us and KB. There's no residue. Um, And it's very uh, inexpensive for us to make. This formula doesn't use borax. It doesn't use uh, glue. It doesn't use anything that most people who make slime at home use. This is our special formula. You can only get it from us. Very inexpensive, but it winds up being one of the biggest parts of our fundraising efforts every year. Wow. We've done about $2,000 in slime uh, this year, specifically for Toys for Tots. Well, someone who's a bit of a neat freak, there's no residue, so that's pretty cool because when you touch all these gross things, yes. I make a smoothie and I have to I have to wear different clothes when I make a smoothie because I get the smoothie all over myself. Happens to the best of us. That's pretty much how the process of me making this stuff works. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of... Uh, my, my girlfriend is very patient with me because our kitchen winds up a slime-covered mess. But by the time we get it in your hands, it's nice and contained. What's, like, something you could do with the slime? You know what? The main thing that most kids do with it is the same thing I did when I was a kid. You take an action figure, you dunk the figure in, you pour it out so it covers it. Uh, A lot of kids just really like shaking it. makes a very funny and disturbing noise sometimes. Um, So there's, there's whatever the imagination brings them to. You know what I feel like you do? When I have guests over, which I try not to have too many guests, you know, sometimes you have to go to the bathroom, you know, people listening. Maybe you shake it and you... My speaker, I'll just shake it. Yeah, they'll and then think they will hear what's They'll going definitely on. think something is wrong with you. Yeah, they'll think but I have something okay. extra wrong. That's fun. It's fine. So that might work against me. Exactly. Okay, so back to Long Island Ghostbusters. Yeah. What, what's uh, what's coming up in the next couple of months? We got Halloween season. Our big thing for Halloween every year: uh, Camp Aquatic Special Needs Camp does okay. a huge spooky walk. So you start off the spooky walk. You're getting scared. Who do you see? The Ghostbusters there to save the day. If you're too scared to do the spooky walk alone, we go with you. All the other scare actors work with us. And uh, what they do is they know if we show up, we got the wands out. They'll keel over so the little kid can be triumphant. Oh, that's so um, cool. Our little zone kind of looks like we were recently attacked. We have our Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Right. We have our car with all the lights and sirens, spooky noises, the terror dog, all the good stuff. That's our Super big cool. one. And that is the last two weekends before Halloween this year, uh, right. Camp Pequot. Camp Pequot. And where is Camp Aquatic? Pa- uh, it is. It's in Suffolk County. Okay. It's near, like, Shirley, okay. but I think it's a little past that. I don't have the address. With me, so I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna leave off with this. Uh, I just found out. I'm not gonna name the haunted house, but I was talking to the 
I got my car locked into this beach area. I stayed a little too late. So the police came, and I had a nice little conversation with the police in an area in Long Island for about an hour. I got some inside information that there is a haunted house that... uh, at and I had my suspicions and I'm always afraid walking through the haunted house because you never know who can jump out at you yeah. or, and, and you know there, there could be real ghosts but then there could be people that are scary and I heard that there's actually been uh, police reports so to not get attacked in the haunted houses this season we could call the Long Island Ghostbusters perhaps and have you walk through the haunted house as I made people walk through with me because I said you know what you never Absolutely. know and uh, the yeah. best part is if it's if it's a ghost we, of course, got you covered. But if it's not, these things are heavy. We'll just bop them over the head for you. So if it's just a creep, Long Island Ghostbusters is still there to save the day. Right. So I'm not going to say the haunted house. Maybe I will off record. But, uh, yeah, you might want to have someone accompany you. And my gut told me to have someone accompany yeah, like me. Like you need a, need a hero, a plain-clothed hero. So speaking of, my final thought and final question for you is, my gut told me, don't go in there alone. And I was right. And I found this out a year or two later. Now, what has your gut told you that has helped you? So one of the things people ask us all the time, do you really hunt ghosts? Mm-hmm. I am a, a young-ish Puerto Rican man. Right. No, I am not looking after real ghosts. No? If, if in fiction we don't survive in the movies, yeah. I'm not about to find out in reality. Right. Jason Voorhees, good luck. Kill all those silly nannies going after you. No, I'm, I'm good. And your final thoughts for society and came from the radio? You know, the biggest message that I like to spread with everyone, if you love something like a kid, right. just keep loving it until you can afford to buy all the stuff you dreamt of. Okay. So I wanted a proton pack as a kid. Now I got one. There's no one saying, hey, you don't need a second proton pack. I do. I do, in fact, need a second one. Balance out the living room decorations. Awesome. So love, love what you love always. Love it, love just it. love it more with a better budget. Nice. Thank you so much, Charlie. Thank you. Can find you. out Long on Ghostbusters. What's the website? It's uh, The best place to find us is Instagram, L.I. Ghostbusters, but any social media, L.I. Ghostbusters. Perfect. Thanks so much. And now back to more Came From The Radio. Hey, guys. This is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. You're listening to a King from the Radio, and you know this is L-Man. I'm here with my co-host, Amazing, the Charlie Saldino, and we're here at Chambers of Hell with Cece and Mark. And what is Chambers of Hell? It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen, but... You guys have created it, so you tell us. Well, we're not the creators. We're we're just, uh, at least I'm just uh, the, the the performers. We're the well, performers. Well, it wouldn't have happened we, without you. We we bring it to life. Uh, that that a bunch of smarter people behind the scenes spend hours and hours creating. But it's it's three different haunted attractions that all feed into each other. That all have different themes mm-hmm. and and scares. You saw saw the Alice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one today. And I'm, I'm hoping you liked it. Loved I'm it. hoping you liked it. Loved it. But we, uh, the other themes are, are mangled, which and is cinema, cinema of terror. Yes, which is I am the director for. <laughs> uh, cinema of terror is very just just uh, horror themed uh, uh, cinema. Basically, every uh, <laughs> every, 
I'm every, in the director now. <laughs> yeah, you're a great director too. Uh, every director. every every different room is a different uh, nod to cinema, whether it's it's a horror thing or even a fantasy thing or sci-fi, and it all it all blends so beautifully. It's essentially like movies coming to life. Like, uh, I believe it's because of the Necronomicon. Somebody as, as, you, it, as it tends to you bring in the Necronomicon. And it causes all of the movies to come to life and start to bleed into our yeah. world. And um, I've actually been working on a lot of the production of it. I've been doing, I did a lot of the painting that you saw in Alice, like um, the vine room, the uh, courtyard, um, a lot of the creative stuff. Like they kind of just let me like free reign and it looks really every, stuff. Every time I come back, there's always a new corner that's just it blows my mind with what they're able to do here. And I, I love every, every, if you, if you, every frame of painting, that's really all you can say about it. There's so much detail put into it. So much love. It's so detailed. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Like, it's just, it's the first creative environment I've ever felt like truly respected. Like the minute I walked in the door wow. and like, they've given me the opportunity to like, you know, bring to life their ideas. And it's just so amazing it's it, made me so happy family awesome. family first i i know like a, a lot of places will say oh yeah we're a family but right. we genuinely like like yeah dysfunctional we, family we all yeah. love we all love each other no, we, you we all it's good vibes when we're here we just we want to put on the best show for you guys and we we just want to just be happy and just make art together you can make good art and it's quality and it's enjoyable and it's good vibes. And I said that within five minutes of getting here, I said, "Oh no, I like everyone here," and I I still stand by that. Sometimes I don't at the end because it's good vibes and yeah. you know Robert, you can tell he treats everyone well. And I have so much respect for that man. It's it's amazing because the the two of you are like the nicest people out here. <laughs> <laughs> once you get in there. It's, it's it like falls apart. Hell. It's pure hell. This one we do not is hold scary, back. Is scary enough. This one heads are gonna roll. <laughs> She's walking around with severed heads, and this this cute little young lady, sweet young lady, severed heads. It's not the same here and in there. It's different. It's, I'm telling you. You don't need your head. It's fine. Yes, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> who, do you, um, who do you guys draw on to be scary? Who are your influences for being scary? Um, I like to think of my father. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> Would you like to get into your daddy issues? Because I'm here for you. <laughs> Not on camera. <laughs> no, I, I just, just, I just like general maniacs. I just, I don't really think there's like a specific thing for me personally. Mm -hmm. It's just okay. Where can my voice? Where can I throw my voice in a way that one, I have a voice by the end of the night, and two. I, that I feel comfortable and that I feel like the audience is going to like the most. So it's just, usually it's just eh, whatever comes out. Okay. Uh, but, you know, people seem to like You know that. what? Yeah, you know what I would fun. love? I'm sorry, Jen. You know what I would love? I would love for you guys to do your evil voices one yes. at a time. Especially oh, this yeah. one. Go ahead. That. Wait, which one? This, this one? Yeah. This one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's psychotic. That I got me. That got me. Now psychotic this director. One. Sweet little innocent girl. Here, go. Off with your head, executioner! Off with the heads! 
right, you're scaring me. Stop. Okay, good. Okay. Any, uh, any final words for about life or anything you'd like to say? Before it came from the radio. That was very deep. Yeah, I like to get deep. Be kind I don't to like each small other. talk. Be kind to each other. Be kind to each other and, and, and come to Chambers of Hell. The, the two, it, the two most sure. important things you can do. I'm back yeah. a second time and I value my time. So Yeah. You know. you come back yeah. a third. I, I <laughs> yeah, want to. Yeah. I want to for Christmas. I hear Christmas. All, all year round. Yep. All year round, starting this year. I'm so excited to see what, what these crazy people dream up. And, and to, uh, to try to live up to any of that. I mean, just the Halloween decorations that Matt has bought thousands of dollars oh worth. Oh, my God. The most elaborate ever. So a, they'll be having, I think, maybe some party nights you could rent out. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. Club nights, perhaps. Yeah. We'll give a little tour. I'm going to take a little video tour. So after this video, you can watch a separate video for a little tour of the space. That you can do. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and your final thoughts for anything that's on your mind right now? <laughs> Panic. <laughs> Panic. 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 Whenever I'm put on the spot, my um, brain just goes bloop. <laughs> well, she's a great actress and the heads will roll. And she's a great uh, draw for the Alice in Wonderland theme for this. <laughs> and uh, we'll come back to you for your final thought at a later date. And maybe she could type it in the comments. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys. And now back to more. It came from the radio. See you later. Ah. Mark. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. Hi, the radio heads. You're listening to Elman. You're actually watching me here. I'm here with a uh, clearly talented author, Paul A. DiStefano. So, you're an author. Um, you created this book. Why and how did you create this book? It looks super interesting. I'm coming from the game design world, working writing for games, and I decided I wanted to strike out on my own and do some stuff under my own name, so I went to a horror, humor, romance book with a more serious message behind it. And the message is... The message is in the book we're talking about possessed people and they are the new target of bigotry. So they're a stand-in for any underrepresented or hurt and targeted group in society and uh, the lead characters are immigrants, there's an autistic girl, this is our female romantic lead, uh, her best friend is a young black girl and uh, one of their friends is a gay Asian man and each one has to put up with their own problems with society and the book frames it as if it's because they're possessed but we right. all know it's more than that. So wait a second, so they're the targets of bigotry, so you're saying that people yeah. who are possessed are being knocked as if there's some minority, yes. lower group of people? It's almost like uh, they're, the lead couple meets in a support group for the possessed, and it's being treated as if they are drug addicts. Oh my god. Um, some of them have chosen to be possessed, and that makes them outcasts in society, and it's how do they deal with not only the fact that they have a demon in their head, and sometimes right. they turn into monsters, but the fact that a new government agency is formed to control them. And what's that like to be, I can't keep a job because I'm possessed? Right. Um, okay, so Mark knows this. Mark's listening. He's the main show coordinator. And we've been talking for almost two years about how almost every interview or show we do, whatever the topic is, within two days, max a week, 
that's the theme of my life on the show. And of course, you could just say I'm narcissistic and everything's about me. But I actually uh, wrote an outline for a short film, which I've never done because I don't really have interest in. And it's all about possession. And oh, that's great. it's based on someone I know being possessed. And because I actually think this person might be possessed, and I started believing in the idea that possession really, I think, is real. As of about a week ago, wow. um, I wrote, I spent about three hours from three in the morning, I woke up until six, writing about evil and possession okay. and how I think this person is possessed. And I actually made a case, and I've been treating this person that I know as if he's a loser drug addict. I even use those words. Um, because I actually think he might be possessed. And interestingly, after I wrote this, he told me he was seeing black clouds following him. And I know a lot of psychics and people that are, uh, you know, ex- who do exorcisms, that's what they see around people who are possessed or they have demons. They'll actually see black clouds around them. So this synchronicity, the premise to back to your book, uh, it's a support group for people who are possessed, who are treated like they're losers by people right. like me who think they're possessed. And that's the theme of your book. Yes, and, and spoiler alert, demons in my book aren't always evil. They're just different. And we see the people and we call them evil because they're different. It's about accepting different. Okay. Yeah, okay. Some of them are really evil. But right. there are some who are just different. And we always view... Like, I work a lot with autistic children, and they are viewed as non-human in in today's society. And I I said, that's just absurd. That's wrong. And so many marginalized groups are treated as if they're not human. So I pushed it far enough to say, okay, they're really not human. Right. (laughs) Now how does society react to that? Okay, so now, do you believe that evil exists? That's a humongous question, which would be a podcast in itself. My answer is going to be no, because I believe most human morals are kind of constructed. Mm -hmm. And just because you and I think something's evil doesn't mean someone else from another culture does, Mm -hmm. which is why the demons aren't necessarily, in my book, Mm -hmm. aren't necessarily evil. They just have a different view of what's acceptable. They live thousands of years. They don't think of anything of killing a human just for fun. It doesn't matter to them. It's like us stepping on an ant. But then you get humans who won't step on ants. Now, do you believe that possession or demons or dark energies are real? Or do you think it's totally fictional? As actual sentient evil inside somebody? No. Okay. But I do believe that people can have conditions Mm -hmm. where the only way to say what it is would be possession. And in that case, if it really is possibly a physical problem within them yeah. or a mental and maybe spiritual problem, then an actual exorcism would work. But I don't believe there is actually a creature mm. that exists outside. For my book, yeah, sure, I hope you believe right. it too. Right. But I don't believe there's actually a thing that possessed somebody. But you right. could be possessed. Right, right. So I don't know. and I, I, I'll just say what I'm told. I have countless stories. And one thing is that three people said that there was something in my house, in my basement. And two people pointed to the exact same spot in my basement and said where it was. And one person said it was cackling and it was never human. And this person who's not, was just saw, just saw my home on a video, said that there was a weird smell and described the smell okay. in my basement. So some people think that my home uh, might be full of some scary stuff. It could be. Yeah. And at one point, the paranormal becomes normal. Maybe it's just we don't know what's going on yet, and we haven't come up with that's why that's happening. 
could okay. be something. So back to your book. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, just the fact that the topic really pertains to my life this week is very interesting. Um, I, I love the cover. How did you create this cover? Um, I am traditionally published, so I didn't have the cover made myself. My oh. publisher did it, oh, and yeah. uh, it was done by filling out an art sheet mm-hmm. of what I wanted, and specifically... You don't even notice it at first, but the girl has this flash of light behind her. That's actually wings made of mist. Oh, okay. And you don't realize until so you look a second time. Um, so I just filled out an art sheet. These are what my characters are like. This is what I want to see. She's got right. green eyes that show she's not quite human. Right. Um, the lead character, Enrique, he's also possessed, but he doesn't have physical signs for it. Okay. And uh, they came back with this, and I said, yeah, that's great. That looks like them for me. Oh, that's really Went cool. ahead with that. Are you going to do an audio book? Right now, I'm discussing it with my agent. Yeah. I actually recorded one myself I wasn't terribly happy with, but uh, two weeks ago, uh, I signed a deal for the second book in the series, so right. that'll be coming out early next year. That's already been written, and after that, there's going to be at least a third, and I'm probably going to keep going with more. I definitely want to read it. I hope you have audiobook, because my hands are busy, and that's why I like to listen to things. <laughs> I'm hoping. Now, I attempted to do record an audiobook for somebody else. It's a huge undertaking. We yeah. did a few pages. Long story on that one. Um, yeah, this person would have thanked their lucky star for me to do their audiobook, but he doesn't deserve it, so I didn't do it. But um, what did you learn by trying to do an audiobook? And you said it wasn't great. Like what, I learned that I have a Long Island accent I cannot get rid of. Maybe that's a good thing. And it might be, and the book takes place in New York somewhere, so yeah, it's kind fine. of passable. But as I went through it, um, I was a theater major, and I criticized myself way too much over the pronunciation of certain words, and ooh, that guy's voice isn't quite what I expected it to be, you know, I was actually doing voices for characters. You did all of it. Yeah, and in the end, I wasn't 100% happy with it, and I said, you know what, let me listen to it and go over errors, Yeah. and the errors I wanted to correct came to, I'm going to just have to record the whole thing again. Oh, no. And, you know, that was, you know, to record 14 hours or whatever it was is twice as long in the studio with... Retakes. Now, here's a learning point. Did you get to 14 hours and then you really looked at it critically, or did you like do a few pages and maybe? I did the whole thing. So, so, so here's where you learn. I did the whole thing. You just do a half a page, or (laughs) even yeah, like a page, a half a page or a page at a time, even a paragraph. Stop it. Then do another. Stop it, and then you can look at it. Yeah, you can, but I didn't. So he did 14 hours. <laughs> I, I did the whole book. I oh read the whole God. book out loud and then went back. Oh and when I started to list errors, I'm like, all right, we got to do paragraph uh, three, paragraph seven, paragraph nine. Well, at that point, just do them all because right. it's going to be faster than punching in each one sentence you missed a word. Well, you know what? I'm a big fan. It will, it will end on this kind of... Um, I'm a big fan of things that go wrong. I love bad comedy. I like bad comedy better than good comedy. If someone says it's a good comedian, usually I'm bored. If they say it's bad, I'm usually interested. I'm entertained. I like things that have gone wrong. I, I think it's interesting. <laughs> so I would love to hear your audiobook. And if I could get like a secret maybe. little like download, maybe I could hear maybe. the bad version. Or maybe... He'll, he can release it as a teaching uh, way. Maybe you can do it as a fundraiser. I don't know. Well, right now my agent's looking at some other audio company, so I don't know. I'll have to look. Yeah. But maybe privately, maybe idea. on the side. We'll yeah, see. you know, I never like to waste anything. So maybe you can say, hey, this isn't really what the I want. The original. And you can uh, you know, have people donate to listen to it. I don't know. Sure, maybe. Patreon. I don't know. I'm his unofficial PR now. So, all right. I've spent nine minutes of your time on this interview. Um, any final thoughts for society? Um, treat people better. 
treat people better. But what if you're already treating people well? You could still do better than well. I could still do better? Even better than well. Oh my god. Now I have to try even harder. You hear this? Jesus. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dissolve. I can't try I can't try any harder. Alright. Thank you very much for the injury. And where can listeners find you? Uh, you can find me at my website is PaulADstefano.com. If you're interested in what I do for games, it's Tainted Dragon Inn, okay. Tainted with a T. Okay. If you want to find the book, you go on Amazon, look up Rift Siders, and that's the start of the series, so you'll find at least this one when you go looking. Super cool. Super, super inspiring. Very interesting. And now, back to more Cape Breath Radio. See you later. Hey, everybody. This is Todd McFarlane of the Record Setting Spawn comic series. And if you're looking for any kind of cool conversation about creators, about entertainment, about all that good stuff, you go to It Came From The Radio. You're listening to the right spot. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From The Radio, the official of the Big Apple Cons. This is your host, Mark Torres speaking. I am here with a, a guy I have known for a long time but has never been on the show before. So this is his first time ever, Mr. Jay Rosario. What is up, Mark? Thanks for helping me break out of my shell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've known you for I'm gonna say at least ten to fifteen years in that yeah. range. Yeah, and you've dude. never been on the show. So why is that? What what have you not been promoting that you come on to promote now? What's so big that you come on our show this time to promote? Well, um, for those ten to fifteen years, I have been developing my publishing house called Unstoppable Comics, and we put out a ton of content. And we are finally exploring the supernatural corner of our little universe. And our latest book is called The Dead Princess, Vicky Sticks, which should be available now on Kickstarter. So um, as, as a person who just did a Kickstarter campaign, I did not fund, but I learned a lot. What do you find the most interesting about the crowdfunding world? Wow, that is like a, a loaded question that you can answer in five seconds. <laughs> um, what What is the most interesting uh, uh, about it? Um, once you develop the crowd, they will follow you. But you gotta you gotta build it up. You gotta show them that you can produce. You can produce quality content, and you can produce quality content on a consistent basis from the second they uh, put in their pledge to the moment they receive their package so you gotta i mean it is a lot to think about but you want to make sure that the last thing they receive which is the reward they have backed on your crowdfunding campaign not just comes in a great package but leaves them with that oh yeah i can't wait to come back to this again kind of feeling now you've been doing your own stuff self-publishing for years and crowdfunding yeah. has been your kind of company has been around longer than crowdfunding so why the decision to go the crowdfunding route as opposed to maintaining what you've been doing all this time? Well, dude, crowdfunding just opened, opened me up. You know, I was I started off doing the fanzines or the ash camps for people who don't know what those were. You know, small printed copies on, on, on your computer in black and white and uh, then color. From there, we moved on to POD books. Um, then I, I, I started doing some um some uh, um um entries to to offset printing where we build up a, a lot of content a lot of merchandise you know for not pennies on the dollar but but something affordable where we get good margin on our books but we were only doing this stuff at conventions you know we weren't really getting into shelves at stores and i was making wasn't even breaking even and then here we go you know crowdfunding pops up i think my first crowdfunding book was around 
2009, 2010, something around there. And um, from there, I got to meet people all over the world, not just on, on the, on the conventions I can reach in a 12 hour drive. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, that opened up our sales and that opened up um, being introduced to new people. And that opened us up to when we hit conventions in places that were beyond those 12 hour drives, those folks that were begging us at the conventions, I um, mean, excuse me, on the crowdfundings were meeting us there and, and jumping onto merchandise that they weren't picking up on the crowdfunding. So you find that the crowdfunding is just another tool that helps you expand your reach and is able to get you your reach further out than where you originally were at. Oh, hell yeah, dude. And and not just that, you know, um, when it comes to, 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 to the local comic shops, and this is going to be a little touchy because some people catch feelings over this, and I'm not knocking people who own uh, comic book shops at all. I know that they're making their money off of the Batman, Hulk, Superman, Spider-Man books, X-Men stuff, right? I, I get that. Those are the, the products that have been around there um, for years. They've stood the test of time. So they really don't have the, the, re- the revenue stream to um, picking up books like, like what I produce, indie books, like other, other um, small publishers do. And um, it, for them, it's a risky venture, right? So why spend your time hitting these 2,000 or plus shops when you can go direct to consumer on crowdfunding. Now you mentioned um, the, the risk versus the, the financial reward. And mm-hmm. we've also mentioned that many times on this show and, and in private, you and I have talked about that there's no money in comics. So why in the world would you want to make a, make a comic book company and B continue to make a comic book company after all these years? Okay, first, because I was stupid. (laughs) Second, because I'm too stubborn to give up. Third, you can make money. You can, but you got to be smart. Um, This is a business, just like anything else. And yes, it is a creative enterprise at first, right? People dive into this because they say, oh, I think I could do this. Oh, because they love the product so much. And they've got a friend or two that helped them put this together. And that's great to help you start off, but this is still a business. And one of the fundamental principles of business is buy low, sell high, right? And when you are in comic books, you're really not going to make a lot of money doing print-on-demand books. Um, Offset printing, for me, is always the way to go. And if I could give a quick example, right? Yes, prices have gone up since the pandemic, but they're not astronomical. So for argument's sake, you're printed up 2,000 books on a 24-page full-color book. You're looking at approximately $1,800 to $2,000 without the cost of shipping uh, for an offset book. So that's anywhere between maybe 60 to $0.90, cents, right? And if you're selling the book for 4 or 5 bucks, that is a hell of a lot of margin, right? You're at a 400% markup. I don't care what business you are in, but... Any business that has a 40% margin is going to succeed, right? Uh, I mean, you're not going to be out here dancing and, and, and living in mansions and Maseratis. That, that's not the case. But can you, can you pay your bills? Can you pay your team? Can you put a little bit of extra money in your pocket? Maybe supplement your income? Hell yeah, you could do that. Hell yeah. But you have to learn the business aspects of this as well. So one of the things I've noticed about uh, most comic books is that there is no specific genre 
for mm-hmm. comic books. You have a multitude of things. And you said you're reaching out to the supernatural world. I know you do superhero mm-hmm. stuff. You also do zombie mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Do you write everything yourself and just or in a mood? I feel like writing zombies today. I feel like doing vampires today. I feel like doing science fiction today. Or is this something that in your head, you have all these stories and you're, you're working your way to get them all out? Dude, I've got a lot of backup. I'm like a 14 year old who hasn't hit puberty yet. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's just so much, so much in my head. Um, but there's also a, a point where in business, you got to understand you have to diversify your portfolio. And when you're doing content for as long as I have, you need to expand beyond what you're used to, not just to challenge yourself, but to reach um, a newer audience, right? And if you can get person A to pick up product B, well, maybe they come, become so invested in your brand, they'll pick up products A and C further on down the road right again it all comes back to business um you got to learn to diversify the amount of content you're putting out there whether it's comics whether it's um other merchandise that is that is higher margin that helps you bring in revenue to pay for comics such as t-shirts which maybe you can pay five bucks a pop for and sell for 20 to 25 bucks um do things like trading cards which may not have a high margin but can give a little boost to products like the comic books that make somebody say, Oh yeah, I'll, now I want to get this because it comes with maybe a trading card or two. Um, things like, you know, people are starting to do enamel pins. People are doing challenge points. You've got to diversify to bring in those people who are on the fringes that are just like, yeah, I'm with it, but I'm not with it just yet. And once you get them, well, there's a whole nother world of how do you try to keep them? Now, one thing that's very interesting during this conversation, and I say you're one of the rarities, is that you have that business mind. You're, you're, you're talking about the business end. At what point is it that you have to go, I'm going to start thinking of it like a business? Or is that something you had decided when you were starting out 100 years ago? No, um, it comes from the point of, uh, shoot, I don't want to lose any more money <laughs> doing this, and I want to keep doing this. So if I want to keep doing this and I won't, I don't want to be bleeding uh, bucks out of my uh, out of my backside. How am I going to figure out how to do this? And dude, I'm not, you know, I'm not this big business mind. I'm, I'm, you know, I started off with this college business 101, but I learned firsthand when it came to selling, hand selling, ad conventions, trying to develop the crowd at the cons who were, you know, signing up for the newsletter and bring them into the crowdfunding when I will drop new product later on. So we are at social media time. So when can people find out more about your book, the comic and, and other, and, and, and Huey and the Kickstarter project. Okay. Unstoppablecomics.com. All roads lead to and lead from unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppablecomics.com, you'll find a section that has social media with all our social media tabs and links attached to it. And, um, you know, our, our front page, We'll always have the latest project that is being worked on at that moment. And what about uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that stuff? So Twitter, you want to go to Unstoppable Com because um, you can't do more than fifteen characters. Uh, <laughs> if I was smarter, I wouldn't have chosen the name Unstoppable Comic Books. <laughs> um, if you go to Instagram, it's Unstoppable Comics. Facebooks is Unstoppable Comics. Now, when you go to conventions, as I have seen mm-hmm. many times, usually a big convention is about at most once, maybe twice a year, right? Mm-hmm. 
So when you're doing in that sort of way and you're trying to build an audience and sell your product there, do you have a one-year or, or six-month um, rotation in your ideas of, of producing products? And because Kickstarter is more of a you can do it whenever, does that increase or decrease your, your output and your thinking of how do you make uh, more books? Um, definitely increase. You know, we started off doing one to two books a year. Then uh, once the pandemic came, we were dropping four books a year. So every quarter, something new was coming out. Pandemic came, and just like everybody else, we hit speed bump. Um, coming out of the excuse me, coming out of the pandemic, we had the stuff that was backlogged that we had to finish producing, and now this year we're looking at putting out one book every two months. Wow. Um, so let me see. We have about three minutes to go. So do you have any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, if you are into comic books and and want to do this not for a living but to supplement your income um there's a lot you got to learn but you know what the information is out there and it's free you don't need to sign up for anybody's course or master class or anyone to be your agent or marketer it, it, it's out there and if you're going to lose money doing this understand there's no school for this to become a comic book publisher right um so if you are losing money take it as an expensive lesson or something that you put money into and invested in yourself. So if there isn't a class out there and there's mm-hmm. our people out there, as we know saying, Oh, if you do this and do that, do this and you pay me money, I'll tell you how, how come you're not doing that? Oh man, because I've been in the business so- for so long. <laughs> uh, um, like charging people for it because yeah, like I'm you, not, you, a- can, you can find this stuff. You'll find it for them. And you'd be like, hey, I'm going to do it for you. Because I don't feel like a, 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 a knucklehead who is <laughs> trying to make money off of other people's dreams. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I don't, I'm not trying oh, to that, that, that just thought just popped in my head. You were like, yeah, you know, it's free out there. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's out there. It's out there. Just talk to people. Some people will give you one answer. Some people will give you another answer. And you take what applies to you. And you see what works and then you see what doesn't. And then you talk to somebody else and you add to it and you grow. So with less, with about a minute to go, do you think there is a one answer, a solution, or is it each company individually you have to figure it out on your own? Oh, each one you got to figure out on your own. If it was one blanket statement for everybody, it would be a hell of a lot easier to do this. All right. So my, my final thought is this. Thank you very much for taking uh, so long to come on our show. And I really appreciate <laughs> you coming down to thank you for having me vir- virtually distance, of course. And we look yes. forward to much more success. Uh, throw out the name for the Kickstarter one more time before we take our break. The Dead Princess Vicky Sticks. Dead Princess Vicky Sticks. All right. Make sure you guys go check it out. And with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with the game from the radio. Hi, this is Tammy Stronach, um, best known for playing the childlike empress in The NeverEnding Story, an upcoming man and witch fantasy film. You are listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or 
Just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.